Welcome back to Just Fantasy Baseball. I'm your host, Colby Olson, joined by Clay Snowden, and my co-host. Today, we're going to be breaking down the rest of the second baseman, right? So guys we want to stay away from, guys that we're targeting, and honestly, Clay, guys that I just like might be fine drafting but not really love. I think there's a lot of those guys within this second base list where, you know, they're not very flashy, but they steal some bags. They might hit a few home runs. They're just going to, you know... They're not going to ruin your team is what I'm getting at, right? So that's what we're going to do today. Just break down second base. There's a ton of guys on this list. We're probably going to run through about, you know, 15 to 20 guys today. So bear with us, but we're going to try to go quick, give you our best analysis. Clay, you excited to talk second baseman? Yeah, there's a few names on here that I would consider like actually drafting and targeting and potentially starting at second base. But there's definitely a ton of names that, I'm at least keeping on a watch list, and we'll get more into that. Yeah, I, uh, personally, there's more guys on this list that I have written down as players to stay away from than guys I'm targeting. If that, you know, but I think that's good to be picky. You shouldn't draft guys that you don't want on your team. And so the goal today is to to kind of identify those. Um, listen to us, don't listen to us, but I think we're going to give you some good analysis. Clay, I did want to start real quick here and identify that you know where to draft trevor story because trevor story um you know if he was healthy right he had this bracing surgery done um to his ucl so it's not a full-on tommy john surgery but he's not going to be back until july and right now his adp is after 400 right so he's crept way down the ADP leaderboards, but if he was healthy, Trevor Story would likely be a top 100 player. Being drafted as a top 100 player, he's a great mix of power and steals, um, great run production in this Red Sox lineup. Um, but for me, I'm a little concerned that even when he does come back, right, it's a good IL stash in my opinion, but even when he does come back, I don't know if he's still going to be 100%, you know, a la Max Muncy, what we saw last year coming back from a UCL injury. And, you know, the first half was really bad for him because he just wasn't healthy. Yeah, and that's kind of where I sit as well. Like, when he comes back is question number one. Question number two is how healthy is he actually? A lot of people did the thing last year where they drafted Fernando Tatis, stashed him on the IL, setbacks, and accidents and you know we we didn't get to see him really so with story it all depends on how many il spots you have the league i played in last year had four and that's something that we actually changed from the year before to add one um so that it would make things more interesting as well with the draft and if you have four spots i I would definitely take him kind of after you filled out your starters um but even then like I'm leaning towards the end of the draft for me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it can't hurt if you get him way late in the draft because, you know, you just stick him on the IL. Um, he really can't hurt you unless you have like eight injuries. And in that case, you just drop him and it is what it is. But, you know, you are playing for the playoffs. So if you do have Trevor Story back when you're playing in your fantasy playoffs, that could be a huge boost. You never know. Um, but yeah, let's get right into it. So Clay and I talked pre-show. We're not going to be including Vaughn Grisham. 
um, in the second base episode. We're going to be talking about him with the shortstops because he's going to be the Braves starting shortstop. He is only second base eligible right now, um, but we want to compare him to the shortstop crop. Um, so I did want to ask Clay, I want to start here because kind of what we're going to do this episode is, is identify the players to stay away from players that we're targeting. But to start, I wanted to talk about two players that are being taken very, very close together. Um, but I think most people would have a very different viewpoint of them in terms of their value within baseball and kind of their stardom per se. Um, quite where would you, or, or of these two, who would you rather have, Tyro Estrada or Jeff McNeil? For me, it's Jeff McNeil. And I understand that Jeff McNeil's not going to hit a ton of home runs with nine last year, steal a bunch of bases with only four last year, uh, 2.7% barrel rate in 2022 for Jeff McNeil. But he's a career 307 hitter. And that's going to help in your average category. And 143 WRC plus last year does have eligibility in the outfield as well. Um, just in case you run into some injuries and need a, you know, or some funky, you know, someone has an off day and you want to put him in there. And I'm more of a Jeff McNeil fan. I think that he's done it time over time over time. And 2021 was a down year. Estrada, I mean, 14 home runs and 21 steals in 140 games last year. I'm just going to go with the average because the way that I often draft, I'm going to be taking power elsewhere that might sacrifice some average. I want a balanced team. Yeah, and and so the reason I bring this question up, right? You might the listeners might be like, "Dude, what are you talking about? Why why are you even putting Tyro Estrada and Jeff McNeil's name in the same category?" Um, but Tyro Estrada is actually being drafted over the last month, seven spots ahead of where Jeff McNeil is being drafted. Right? I did a best ball draft um, a few weeks ago, and Jeff McNeil went 124, well ahead of where his ADP is, while Tyro Estrada went 188. So there is, it depends on the league. Um, I think you're absolutely spot on. It is Jeff McNeil. It's who I'd rather have. Um, he's hit above 304 out of the five seasons he's played. He had a down year in 2021, but bounced back last year. Um, he hits right in the middle of this amazing Mets lineup. You know, he's not going to add much power, much, much speed, Right, nine home runs last year, only four stolen bases, but yeah, three twenty six with seventy three runs and sixty two RBIs is perfectly fine when you're rounding out your team. Um, you know, with picks one fifty to two hundred. What I do want to add, or let let's just break down Tyro Estrada for a second because he does have a lot of value as well, just not in the average category. Right, he hit two sixty last year, two seventy three before that, but. Last year, 21 stolen bases, 14 home runs, 71 runs, and 62 RBIs. So you're getting the same run production as a Jeff McNeil with more power and more steals. Um, but there is a trade-off there, right, with the with the average that Jeff McNeil brings. So, you know, it is at least a conversation. Um, and one player I wanted to bring up next is a player that I am targeting um, is Luisa Rise because... He is so, so similar, Clay, to Jeff McNeil. He has the same profile. He doesn't strike out high average. He's a career 314 hitter. Um, you know, really is only going to impact you in the run department. Had 88 runs last year. He's going to hit leadoff for the Marlins this year. I'm sure he can approach 85, 90 runs again. Um, so for me, while I love Jeff McNeil, 
I think that his profile, Jeff McNeil's profile, might be overvalued because of Jeff McNeil's name. And so if I want the production that Jeff McNeil is going to give me, why not just wait two to three, four, maybe five rounds later than where Jeff McNeil is going and grab Luis Arise? Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And Arise is a guy that will have multiple position eligibility as well, which I know like, you know, playing him at first base is not ideal, but it all has to do with, you know, a random Monday or Thursday where there's off days and you just want to get as many players in a lineup as possible. And that's where position eligibility comes in more so than just, you know, can I start him at a different position all year? It's all about getting as many bats in your lineup as possible. So, yeah, I I, I agree with you there. Um, I think Luis Arise is a, is a great hitter, right? And I just, I don't know if I trust him to put up this as similar numbers as last year. Um, I still think he's going to be better than Jeff. Go on with that though. Clarify that. Like what you mean? Why, why you don't think that? Um, I mean, it sounds pretty basic, but you know, a batting champ might not be a batting champ back to back years. Like it's very possible that he could have a down, a down year compared to last year. Right. And that's still a well over, you know, 300 hitter. He has great contact skills and bat to ball skills. Um, so yeah, both, both of them are pretty similar in my mind. Um, if I had to pick one, I mean, you, it, it's tough pick one at their value though. That's the, that's the right, conversation, right. Here, right? Is like Jeff McNeil is going, you know, anywhere from 30 to 70 spots ahead of where Luis Arias is going. So for me, I'll take the similar profile all day yeah. later in the draft. I can get somebody else where Jeff McNeil is going. Sure, and I really sure. don't see much variation in this profile for Luis Arise, right? 316 is actually not even the highest average he's ever had in a season. His rookie year, he hit 334, then backed it up in 2020 with a 321 average. You know, in 2021, he hit 294. Um, but right, his BABIP's been right around 320 to 340 his whole entire career. Um, he had the lowest strikeout rate in all of baseball last year. I mean, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Um, now, the question I have for you is, are people going to draft him early, earlier than projected? Because that's another case where he's a guy I feel like people fell in love with last year. And the type of guy that you may have got even on a waiver wire in typically with fantasy players, a lot of times the people that did well for them the year before, they're going to target the next year. That's often the case, right? And I could see him going where Jeff McNeil is going. Yeah, I think I think you're right, man. I think that with all of these second basemen, it's such a scarce position that for the most part, a lot of these guys are going well ahead of their ADPs um, in, in at least in competitive drafts um, because people want their guy at second base because there's a lot of fluff in here. And I think we should talk about some of that fluff. And I'm going to throw it over to you um, because I want to hear about Jonathan India, right? Jonathan India in 2021 uh, rookie of the year amazing year hit the ball you know somewhat hard it was a 38 percent hard hit rate um you know a mix of power and steals um did everything really right hitting lead off for the reds and then last year hard hit rate drops to 28 percent which is well at the bottom almost near the bottom of the league um he was dealing with a calf injury um you know as a Reds fan, do you expect him to bounce back? Because the reason I ask is if 
he doesn't have to bounce back to where he was in 2021, but if he bounces back above where he was last year, he could be a huge steal at his current price. Yeah, he was injured throughout parts of last year, and um, it was definitely concerning. He came back, and you knew he wasn't the right player. This is a guy who was 86th percentile in speed in 2021. 2022 was in the 59th percentile. He was not playing at 100%. Um, his walk rate went down from 11 to 7%, which is concerning as well. Um, he showed a great eye at the plate as a rookie. I do think he's going to be better than he was last season. The question still becomes how much can he impact the baseball? Now, playing at Great American Ballpark, he could still sneak in 20 home runs, which is you know, not undoable. It's something he's done and and provide value that way. I would like to see him steal more. The Reds just don't run a lot, and I don't think that's going to be something that they're ever going to do with him is make him a big-time stolen base threat. So I don't expect some huge jump there, but it all comes down to how much can he impact the baseball. And if he can get back to walking at a little bit better clip, seeing the ball, that that would tell me he's seeing the ball better, um, which in effect you know, plays a role in and at and and making contact and getting on base more and hitting the ball more. Um, he's definitely a guy I I would draft. I would um I would not draft him saying this is my starting second baseman. I don't have any other backup plan. Um and just just so you all know the way I'm probably gonna attack second base is taking two guys like a Jonathan India and somebody else later in the draft and if I have to, I'll I'll just play waiver wire all year. At second yeah, you're base. going high upside, high that. upside for second base. Yeah, yeah. Playing waiver wire there, it's a position that doesn't traditionally offer the most offensive upside. So if that's my weakest spot, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, you know, I I don't have too much of an opinion on him, but you know, what I will say is if he does bounce back to where he was rookie year, 21 home runs, 12 stolen bases, 98 runs with a 270 average, I mean, yeah, he would be a top 100 player. And I don't think he's going to get back there, right? The ball is different than it was in 2021. Um, He hasn't impacted the ball. He's coming off of an injury. Uh, The league may have figured him out a little bit. Um, Pitchers know how to attack him a little better. But, yeah, I would expect him to bounce back, you know, above where he was last year. So I do like him at his price. It's a guy that, you know, I think he goes in that don't I don't hate him category for me where I'm not like I need to get Jonathan India, but I wouldn't hate drafting Jonathan India. Yeah. Um, a guy that I will be targeting and I think is a little bit undervalued right now is Jake Cronenworth. Um, Jake Cronenworth has had kind of this roller coaster ride in terms of fantasy value where, you know, last year people were very, very high on Jake Cronenworth. Um, but he Somewhat underwhelmed, right? He only hit 239 last year, still 17 home runs, three stolen bases, and then 88 runs and 88 RBIs. Um, And right now, his price point is actually below Jonathan India, below Brandon Drury, below Whit Merrifield. Like, that's mind blowing to me. And really, you know, it comes down to the lineup for me. How can you not value a guy that has had? back-to-back years where he's had near 90 runs, near 90 RBIs, um, and enough power in that profile for me to like him as both a second baseman and a first baseman. So I'm going to be all over Jake, Jake Cronworth. I feel like he's being undervalued. He doesn't hit the ball super hard, but you know, hits enough line drives and hits the ball in the air that he's going to get enough power. 
I absolutely cannot decide on him. I've been thinking about it a lot because it's three straight years of decreased production. And he actually outperformed his um, 221 expecting expected batting average last year. Like you, like you mentioned, flexibility, phenomenal lineup. There's going to be plenty of opportunity for him to produce runs. I'm just a little bit hesitant, and I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm on your side, and I'm thinking exactly as you are, and then other times I'm thinking, man, the production has not been what we've seen. What if they kind of figured him out a little bit? You know, he whiffed on 32% of breaking balls um, in 2022. I'm I'm just a little hesitant. I truly cannot decide what to do with him, and I'm, I, I might just have to even take a deeper dive and just kind of see where he falls in the draft. Um, before I mean, I so like to give you a little more of a deep dive on Drake, Jake Cronenworth and kind of why the production um, stalled last year, right? He hit the ball in the air a ton more. His fly ball percentage increased 11%, which is drastic to say the least. I mean, if you want to look at average launch angle, 12.5% average launch angle in 2021, then 18 degrees average launch angle last year. Um, That's just a wild increase. And that's a big reason why we saw the average decline, right? It was 285 in 2020. Then it was 266 in 2021, down to 239. As you mentioned, the expected batting average was 221 last year. And I think hitting the ball in the air as much as he was, was a detriment to him. Um, and he doesn't have, you know, crazy power. His hard hit rate was 34% last year. It was 34% rate, 34% in 2021. Um, but to me, I just can't get over how, I, I feel like it's a safe profile because of the lineup that he's in, right? I know that if he hits 18 to 20 home runs, I'll be happy with the power production. Um, I would like to see the average be a little bit higher, but not many guys at this stage in the draft, um, you know, where he's going around 180, 190 ADP. Jake Cronenworth, you know, nobody else is putting up 90 runs and 90 RBIs at that spot. So yeah. that's the only thing. The, the other devil's advocate, then we'll move on, is that he's going to be hitting lower in this lineup this year because he was leading off hitting second at the beginning of last year, but then moved down the lineup as they, you know, and now they're going to get, they have Soto, they're going to get Tatis back. Now they have Xander Bogarts. Like he might be hitting seventh in this lineup, but I don't know if it matters. It's so many good hitters. I don't know if it matters. All right, let's move on. Clay, I want to hear one player from you that you're really, really targeting. So it's a guy that we had actually kind of briefly mentioned before before the show, and it's Bryson Stott with with Philadelphia. This is a guy who extremely struggled when he first got called up last year and actually went back down to the minors, came back, um, ended up with 10 home runs and 12 stolen bases for the season, only an 84 WRC plus, just to give you an idea of how he was playing. However, in the second half, he slashed 276, 331, 404 in 64 games. Um, it just comes back to how much speed will he put up in terms of stolen bases and how much power will we actually see? He was pulling everything when he first got called up, like everything. Uh, settled down a little bit. You Going into year two, and this is kind of usually my strategy as well, is instead of taking the rookie who everyone's hot on, whoever that might be, I'm usually going to target the second-year players who maybe someone like Astad, who maybe get a little bit overlooked 
um, isn't a you know top 10 type guy, but a guy who could break out in a big way. So I'm glad you brought up the questions about his both power and speed, because I think projection systems are well too low on Bryson Stott this year. Um, almost all the projection systems have him right around 500 plate appearances, 11 home runs, 10 stolen bases. And to me, that's crazy because he showed so much more than that last year, right? I love that you brought up his second half numbers because I pulled a similar, you know, time frame from August 1st to the end of the year last year. He had a 40% hard hit rate. He hit 281 with three home runs and nine stolen bases. I mean, the speed is real. I don't see why he couldn't steal 20 bases. I don't see why he couldn't hit 15 home runs. Um, I know that this is a guy that Aram absolutely loves as a prospect and so yeah he's not now as a sophomore but not really a sophomore right he didn't get a full opportunity last year i don't think and i think coming in with a full you know spring training camp and um breaking camp with the major league guys having trey turner there has got to be awesome um bryson stott's a guy i'm all over this is probably the one second baseman deep in these drafts that i need to have like I am going to be targeting him I'm going to this guy that I really really want on my team and there's not a lot of guys late that you know I really do need to have and Bryson Stott is one of them um just for your information um his ADP right now is ADP 228 he's gone as high as 169 as late as 299 um, so yeah, this is a guy you're getting right around pick 200. He also does have shortstop eligibility from last year, but now that Trey Turner's there, he's going to be playing second base mostly, but it's nice that he has the shortstop eligibility. So Clay, I'm going to give you the last guy that I'm looking to target, uh, deep in these drafts or not the last guy, but like the last guy that I like really, really want on my team that I think can have a starting spot on your team. And that's Christopher Morrell who was probably would he would you say he was the pickup of last year? Yeah, One for up. sure. Especially with the eligibility that he has. He was definitely a guy that everyone was jumping on the waiver wire for. <laughs> he played center field, second base, third base, shortstop. He even had a couple games at DH and one game in left field. So that's what six positions, six different positions last year for Christopher Mel. He plays everywhere and it's, it's what the profile is, man. Crazy speed, crazy power, uh, 16 home runs last year in 113 games, 10 stolen bases as well. Um, the downside to Christopher Morrell is that he strikes out too much. He struck out 32% of the time last year, but to me, it doesn't, matter as much because of the impact that he does do to the baseball when he does make contact right his hard hit rate of 39.7 percent isn't crazy by any means but he hits the ball on a line and that's where it matters he had a 13.4 percent barrel rate which is very high a 112.9 max exit velocity he hits the ball on the line he uses his speed to his advantage. Um, he he plays all over the field, right? What's his um, right now? He's second base and outfield eligible, but who knows? He could be third base eligible. He could be shortstop eligible if somebody gets hurt. Like it doesn't. You never know with Christopher Morrell. But 
after being such a popular pickup last year, I thought that his fantasy value would be dramatically overvalued in this this year's draft, but it's not right now. His ADP is at 248. Um, you know, he's gone as high as 181. So you might have to spend a pick right around pick 200 to 220 to get him if you really like him. Um, but I think it's worth it. Very versatile profile, a lot of power and speed. Yeah, and it, I think what a lot of people are wondering is just playing time. Um, and if anyone who's followed me for all, you know I'm a big Morel fan. I've written a couple articles on him, actually, and um, had him on my fantasy team as well. Cody Bellinger is going to be playing a lot of center field, right? And um, Patrick Wisdom, Dansby Swanson. Nico Horner will be at second. Nico Horner, like, and maybe they use him as that super utility still, which is actually, in my eyes, kind of good news. Because he's going to pick up eligibility if he's playing, if he's backing up Dansby, if he's backing up all these people, he he might pick it up early. And what if he becomes that not every single day player, but playing multiple times a week at all different positions, he could still have value. And exactly what you said, if he falls in the draft because people don't think he's going to play and he ends up being a player who's bouncing around, beginning a ton of at-bats still, then you're going to find great value. Yeah, so interesting enough, um, Fangraphs, roster resource, depth chart projections have Morel slated to get 55% of the playing time at third base. So that being his main position next year, which would mean he have second base, third base, and outfield eligibility. Um, I'm sure he'll get some time at shortstop at second base to spell Dansby or Nico Horner whenever they need it, and obviously going to get some time in center field. So, yeah, if he's the third baseman with crazy super utility value i think he's gonna always find a spot in this lineup so for me he's being undervalued right now and it's a guy like clay i want you to hit me with a guy you don't like at all that you are making sure that you're not drafting and you want people to also know not to draft them it's got to be gavin lux for me um and i know that a lot of people like gavin lux i like him as a player too six home runs seven stolen bases last year 113 wrc plus had the same walk rate and strikeout rate um, and actually less home runs and RBIs as the year before. The difference was his batting average and balls and balls and play was much higher last year. His fly ball rate is just concerning. A lot of um, singles on the ground and just not everything's on the ground. It's like Eric Hosmer. Yeah. It's just not exactly the profile I like to target. Now I get it. He's, going to get at bats and he's going to be in a great lineup and i feel like a lot of people like gavin lux as a player like i said i i don't dislike him or anything on my fantasy team no and you know what if you want to throw him in the rotation of i'm picking up and dropping guys he might get there if he's on a hot streak but there's other names on this list like a nolan gorman or um Cattell Marte that i'd rather See, i don't have. like gorman <laughs> well at least Gorman has that, you know, what, what was it, 14 home runs in 89 games. Like, there's something there. The power is there. That yeah. if it's you the ball want to guess, yeah, if you want to roll the dice on something, at least you're going to roll the dice on power. With Gavin Lux, you're rolling the dice on, like, hoping he gets lucky, right? So, yeah, I think my thing with Gavin Lux is I actually have him on my players that I don't hate list because I don't think I can hate him. It's a very safe profile, right? He doesn't strike out a lot. He does hit the ball hard, but he does have that Eric Hosmer profile where ground ball rate near 50%. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like 
you can expect 12 home runs, six to eight stolen bases with a decent average from Gavin Lux. I think the problem with Gavin Lux is where he's being drafted right now, right? He's being drafted right around where Bryson Stott is being drafted, right around where Kettle Marte is being drafted. We haven't talked about him, so I'll I'll let you have the floor on him because you said you mentioned him as a guy that you're interested in. Loses eligibility in the outfield going into 2023 after playing second base in DH this year. Um, weird, weird year. Uh, terrible, terrible start. May and June, he was good. Everyone thought, okay, he's back to being the player that we know he can be. However, second half of the year, 195, 257, 345 with four home runs. Um, concerning, concerning, concerning numbers from last season. Dealt with some small injuries, but this is a guy who's always been injured, it seems like. I love him as a player, and I love watching him play. When he's at his best, he's electric. I'm just wondering, what is his best now? I have in my notes... We're a long ways away now from his 32 home run season in 2019. I mean, yeah, a long time. And I think people in the back of their brains still have that picture in their head. But also what he did in 2021 was so Byron Buxton like he played only 90 games, but he hit 14 home runs in those 90 games and hit 318. And the numbers were there to back it up. Right. Hard hit rate was 48.4% in 2021 took a step back to 42% last year. I mean, he's still hitting the ball in the air, but that 2021, you know, I think left a taste in a lot of mouths like, oh my God, he's going to be back to what he was in 2019. And then he just was not that at all last year. And to me, I just like, fool me once. Fool me once as a Kettle Marte or like Byron Buxton type where you have injury issues or just like inconsistency issues, you've burned me already. Like, I don't want any part of you. He's he's actually on my list of players to stay away from because so, I just, I think, I think he's, I just can't be the guy to take him. Yeah. And that makes sense. Um, I took him last year, kept him on my roster the entire season. I was that bought in, but uh, I probably can't mentally do that to me, to myself again. Now, a player I want to ask you about is Brandon Drury, right? A guy who's, Played a lot of positions, um, kind of found magic with the Reds hitting in Great American Ballpark. And uh, with San Diego slash 238-293, or excuse me, 435 with eight home runs in 46 games. Tell me what you think of Brandon Drury as a fantasy player going into 2023. Excuse my language, but what the fuck are people seeing in Brandon Drury? Like yeah. genuinely... I don't understand how he is going as the 15th second baseman off the board right now, unless it's because he has first base, second base, and third base eligibility. I don't know what people are seeing, Clay, right? You took Brandon Jury out of Great American Ballpark last year, and what did he do? He crumbled, right? In Great American Ballpark last year with the Reds, 20 home runs, a 274 average, a 246 ISO. I mean, it was amazing, an amazing stretch. But you're also in the best ballpark in the league for hitting home runs, for power. And then what does he do? He gets traded to the Padres. He hits 238. Strikeout rate goes up a little bit. Walk rate decreases. Power fizzles out. He only hit eight home runs down the stretch. I just don't see the upside here. And now he's with the Angels um, in a very crowded lineup. 
To me, you should not be buying high on one good half when a guy hasn't shown you that he's ever been able to play at this level in any other season. In yeah, any he's not other 25 season. Five years old who just, you know, you think there could be something they found. He's 30 plus years old without a track record that's positive, right? He had a pretty decent, tiny sample size with the Mets, came in as a non roster invitee to the Reds, took off. They rightfully traded him. Great move. And, Look at him now. I mean, he got a decent deal to go to the Angels because they just needed somebody, it seems like. But I'm definitely not rolling the dice there. Second base for me, like I said, I'm drafting Bryson Stott or somebody in that range, and I'm picking up guys. I'm doing matchups. I'm playing the hot hand, and we'll just see where it goes. I mean, it's crazy to me that he's been clumped into the Jonathan India, Jeff McNeil, Tyro Estrada like tier of players in the, in this fantasy, you know, by ADP, he's going above Jake Cronenworth above Luis Arise. Another player that I think that we could talk about here is Whit Merrifield, a guy who was traded at the deadline uh, has a good track record, especially with steals. And I know that he's valued more in some leagues than others, but what are your thoughts on Whit Merrifield? Whit Merrifield is the final guy on my list that I have jotted down under players to stay away from clay i mean he was being taken as a top 50 value last season um after putting up 40 stolen bases in 2021 but the powers diminished um the average upside is greatly diminished i mean he had back-to-back seasons in 2018 2019 where he hit above 300 but he's just not that kind of hitter anymore um he's saying the ball in the air more the big concerning thing for me is that after he was traded from the Royals to the Blue Jays last year, he only stole one base. He had 15 steals with the Royals, and then he was traded, and he had one steal in 44 games. And I don't know if that was like they were worried about injury with him. Um, I just thought that was really interesting. And a lot of Whit Merrifield's value is tied to his stolen base production. Um, so if you're not getting that stolen base production, I don't see the point in taking Whit Merrifield, but he's also an empty contributor in other places. So I just don't see the upside. Yeah. And, you know, a guy that, you know, if you're getting later than him, that could be an option is like a Josh Rojas or even a Bryson Stott, as I talked about, as a guy that could steal 15 to 20 bags. But Josh Rojas is another intriguing option because, you know, he's going to hit 10 home runs. He stole 22, 23 bags last year, um, and you're getting him at a cheaper value. So I just really don't see the intrigue of taking a 34-year-old Whit Merrifield Jr. as a top 200 player. Yeah, I'm completely out. I have no interest in drafting him at all. Um, I had a couple more guys on my, you know, players I don't hate list, but I feel like we're getting sort of towards the end here. And a couple guys that I just wanted to acknowledge as guys that I don't hit or uh, that I don't hate late in drafts. If you're just kind of like picking for straws or you're just picking for anything of value late in drafts, like a guy to put on your bench. Um, I think Wilburn Flores is a fine option. Um, he's had a bunch of really solid late years in, in in this career of his, um, you know, hit over 20 home runs last year, I believe, um, with a ton of runs and RBIs, doesn't have any speed to show for it. Yeah, 19 home runs last year, 18 home runs the year before that, um, crushes lefties. The other guy that I think is intriguing, at least, is Chris Taylor as a bounce-back candidate. You're getting him 
you know, almost free late in drafts. And again, this is a super utility guy that's going to have eligibility all over the place, Clay. But Chris Taylor was a guy that hit 20 home runs in 2021 with 13 steals and a decent average. I mean, he was valued in the fantasy community. Um, and then last year struck out 35% of the times. Like, I, I don't know. When did he become Joey Gallo? That that was a a wild, wild development. Um, do you think there's anything left in the tank for Chris Taylor? Yeah, I'm just a little bit concerned about the numbers he put up. I was never like a huge believer to begin with. And uh, I thought he'd be better as the super utility guy and um, not a guy I'm interested in drafting. I'd rather take Brendan Rogers with the Rockies and just play him every time that he's at home and bench him for one of my other platoon type players. Anytime he's on the road. That's a, that's a really intriguing option there because if you look at Brendan Rogers splits clay three thirteen average at home two eighteen average on the road, the cores effect is real, but yeah, I mean, Drafting Brendan Rodgers for 300 amazing plate appearances seems worth it. Yeah, and especially because he hits the ball hard, like, and he's 26 years old. Like, it's not impossible to think this once top prospect could elevate his game. One thing about him, though, he's never stolen a base before in his career. That is wild. Yeah, I... like he's, and he's not like some, you know, Rowdy Teles type build or anything here. What like, is uh what's his sprint speed? I, I'm very curious to to see what his sprint speed is. It can't be low. 34 yeah. 34th percentile. I mean, it's not he's not a speedster out there, but you would think that he'd be able to steal a bag every once and again. But yeah, I like Brendan Rogers as a late option as well. Um, play him when he's at home. You got anybody else? I feel like we kind of covered it all. Only other name I even thought about was Colton Wong. Um, not somebody I'm necessarily chomping at the bit to get, but coming out of the Brewers lineup into the Mariners lineup could help a little bit. He's outperformed his expected slugging every single year of his career. Uh, so he's one of those type of guys. 5% barrel rate, 35% hard, hard hit rate. A, a fine player who could get you 15 steals, 15 home runs, you know. Um, probably a guy you don't necessarily have to draft. You could potentially pick him up either really late or bouncing on and off people's roster. He's going to be drafted. I mean, ADP, ADP 257. So he's going right, you know, in front of where Brennan Rogers is being taken. Nick Gordon right around there as well as John Birdie. Um, but yeah, I think Colton Wong is a fine, you know, stick him in the lineup. You can trust that he's going to be in the lineup and at least produce some home runs, some steals. Um, so I think that's at least a guy, you know, is going to be on the field. That's sometimes valuable here at second. It's like drafting a tight end in football. And you're like, <laughs> is he at least going to get snaps? Like, is the ball going to get thrown at him? Um, that's kind of what you're going for here. But I think that'll do it today. Breaking down all the second bases, reach out to us on Twitter. Um, you know, leave us a comment. If we missed anybody, feel free to reach out with any questions. If we didn't talk about a player you're interested in, or maybe someone that you have questions about, but yeah, that'll do it here. Uh, just base, just fantasy baseball. Um, we'll catch you next time. Thank you.